And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier website for the C, uh, website C plus Co- <laughs> This is the premier podcast for the website cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, the website go there. My, I went on autopilot <laughs> and... I was just, you know, waiting for the applause to die down. There's a live audience. Usually when I do these things, everybody's clapping left and right, left and right, left and right. You know, cheeks too, cheeks clapping left and right, left and right. And I I just let my brain handle that that portion of the show with the intro that I say all the time. And here we are. That's the reason why I messed up, and that's why I'm explaining. Episode 259. I just recorded. I'll give you a little behind the scenes. <laughs> I just recorded the intro to an interview that I that I did several weeks ago, but it is thank goodness supposed to be scheduled this week to come out. Uh, oh, let me turn off the uh, the feed right there. Uh, and it's supposed to be coming out this week. And uh, I I just recorded that process, and that was really fun. Um, why am I talking? <laughs> what is this show about? What's been going on? I saw the uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie as well. Yeah, in the time that I've been gone. I saw the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. What else did I see? Let me check my Adam tickets and my AMC Stubbs accounts. It's great that you can use Adam tickets to like to buy tickets wherever you uh, wherever you go to movie theaters, movies for movie theaters, but also sometimes it's not all connected seamlessly. Anyway, I saw Dungeons and Dragons. I saw Scream. I truly in the past two weeks, I've just been going to the movies. Uh, during the day, <laughs> I saw Scream Six, Dungeons and Dragons, Air, and the Super Mario Brothers movie, as well as let me check the AMC uh, thing. I saw John Wick and uh, Chapter Four, and um, so that was all. So those were all. I'm not kidding. Between March 28th. And last Tuesday, which was April 11th, I saw so many movies. That's, I saw five movies in the theaters. And I spent, you know, now obviously I could do a, a AMC A-list, but that's $25 a month and I just don't have that. So I just spent $50 in the past. Well, no, uh, I got a, I got, I use a lot of rewards for this. Uh, I use rewards for uh, for snacks during the Super Mario Brothers movie. I had some popcorn and icy. Uh, the icy was a bad move. <laughs> Because I was hyped up on sugar at 11 o'clock in the morning, 11.15. But you know what? Not a bad movie in the bunch. I enjoyed my time with every single one of those. That like I just can't believe. Dungeons and Dragons, it, I cried at the end. There was something that happened that made me tear up. and I just felt a tear come down my face. Uh, Scream 6 was just fantastic. Uh, uh, John Wick Chapter 4 is the best movie I've seen uh, all year long so far. Air was great. Air was really good, and then Super Mario Brothers movie. A lot to there's a lot to enjoy there, uh, and that's all I'll say about that one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I had a good time. Uh, the movies are great. I'm glad that they're back. And yeah, let's get on with the news. All right. This comes from Deadline, written by Nelly and Driva. Netflix orders its first pilot ever. Comedy, uh, Little Sky. Now, it doesn't matter what the show is. Tomorrow Weaving started it. But it doesn't matter what the show Speaking of Scream, Scream 6. She was in Scream 6. It doesn't matter what the show is. Uh, Netflix jumping into the pilot process is a very indic- 
it's a it's a move that's indicative of what might be going on in the future at uh, Netflix. Now, typically, they just order shows. They just order shows outright, or they don't order shows. It's been it's been a yes or a no from them. But them giving a show a chance and then making it from that point forward, or or not making it, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen to. Uh, what is this, Little Sky? I don't know what it was called. <laughs> but we, we have no idea what's going to happen uh, when it comes to, to this pilot process. So typically, with a broadcaster, a, a cabler, um, a, a premium cable uh, network, do you make a pilot for a show? There's, there's, a, there's a lot of different ways this could happen, but you make a pilot for a show, and they either say yes or no. The pilot is just the what almost always is the first episode of the show. Uh, a lot of times these can be uh, reordered. They can uh, they can they can be recasted. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. But most of the time, you get the original pilot of the show, and uh, the first episode of the show is the original pilot of the show. And uh, and then there's other times where it's just like a pilot presentation where they're making it to show that that the show is gonna be good and profitable. Then they'll remake the pilot. It's a lot of different things, but. Netflix actually stepping into this is uh, uh, just just a very a very it's just, it's an out of out of out of uh, out of pocket I don't know what people say is it's a very it's a very it's a non Netflix move for them um, it is uh, it's a single camera comedy and it it was uh, ordered for the pilot obviously sources caution that this does not signal a permanent developmental shift as Nelly writes. Little Sky is currently the only pilot plan in Netflix, which has been employing a straight-to-series model exclusively since venturing into original programming 12 years ago. Nelly writes that, uh, I hear this decision was specific to Little Sky as executives were high on the concept but wanted to see a pilot to make sure the tone and chemistry of the large ensemble were right, setting up the project for success. Now, this could actually... You know, even though they say that this is not something that they're that's going to happen from now on, there there could be a point where they have these high profile shows uh, like Amazon's. Uh, I don't know why this is coming in my head, but like Amazon Shrinking or the uh, the one with the, the the couple of space shows they have there. Uh, what what are their uh, big ensemble shows does Netflix have coming out? I don't know, but a show that has a lot of promise, like the Lord of the Rings. Like 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 what if what if Prime Amazon Prime uh, did a pilot for Lord of the Rings, like they like like HBO did for that spinoff for the Game of Thrones that just didn't get picked up. What, what, not House of the Dragon, the other one. Anyway, there's uh, it's just they're they're trying to test the waters to see how it's going to uh, uh, affect them. I have a cat hair on my mouth. It's ridiculous. Jesus, uh, and 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 really and see if they could uh, if they if they like it. Now, with a pilot, everyone gets paid. People, the person who created it, the director, the crew, the cast members, you're not doing a job for free. You're going to get paid to do the show. You're doing a 30-minute thing. You're getting paid to do it. What usually happens is they make these pilots, and they're not – they, it doesn't move forward. And then uh, sometimes you're allowed to shop it around, but that doesn't happen all the time. Little Sky uh, Center – I don't know. I don't really care what uh, – Netflix's willingness to try out the pilot model is significant. Pilots – blah 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 uh are considered valuable proofs of concept especially in comedy where cast chemistry tone and comedic timing are key so when you when you're reading a script sometimes an, ex- an executive or somebody just reading a script is is not going to be able to get the the joke correctly but uh or even like just get the tone of the show like if i if i was 
I can't think of those Apple TV shows that I'm thinking about that are in space. Uh, but like if I if I look at um, not the Am- not Amazon yeah if I look at the Amazon no let me let me think of a different show come on Chad you got this uh, what's a show that people oh Jesus I'll just go to a streaming platform if I look at up there on Hulu if I look at up there and and I know it's gonna be a musical rom com uh, where two people have these thoughts in their head that are personified by people in their past lives. Then uh, how am I? How are how are the songs going to come across? How are those people supposed to come across? The show is supposed to be funny, but it reads dramatic. Uh, it's it's there's a lot of different factors, and the, and this pilot process will really really help out the show's creators as well as Netflix and choosing if this is the right fit for the platform. Uh, the comedy creative community has been hoping that Netflix would soften its long-standing no-pilot stance. First, after uh, Bela Baharia, who comes from a broadcast background, was named head of global TV in September 2020, and especially after she brought in uh, networked veteran Tracy Pacosta as head of comedy in November 2020 to work alongside another former broadcast comedy executive VP, Andy Wheel. Yeah, I think uh, I think comedy comedy pilots would definitely help them out in the long run. And uh, if if I what is the what is the show star? I'm I'm uh, oh, Jesus. What is the show that was the ABC show? Uh, I'm sorry. Let's see. I'm sorry. Uh, starring. Oh, so you know what? I got it. There we go. I got it. I got it. Don't worry. There's a show in particular that I'm thinking about starring Soraya Blue. Excuse me, Rao. I don't know why I said Blue. <laughs> don't know where that came from. And it's called I Feel Bad, not I'm Sorry. It's called I Feel Bad. Now, if you if you remember in the first, in the pilot, there was the episode I Don't Want to Turn Into My Mother, Ashling B., was the best friend of of uh, the main character Soraya Blue. So that's why I call her Soraya. Yeah, Soraya Blue. Her last name is Rao, but her her the name she uses as an actress is Blue. Okay. Uh, anyway, she the the best friend is played by Ashley B, and she was only in the pilot and never to be heard from again in the rest of the series because I did watch the rest of the series and it was not good. Uh, but yeah, so so things things change in the pilot process and it could really be a factor in why a show works or what doesn't work and and what they need to take out, what they need to add in. Pilots are great. Okay, now let's move on. Amazon Studios. This is from Kim Masters uh, at The Hollywood Reporter. Inside Amazon Studios is an old story. Big swings hampered by confusion and frustration. Now, they have shows like Citadel, which they're very bullish on. They're very bullish on Citadel. I believe that they just got some tax incentives for that in California, to move that show to California. Uh, and and uh, the, the shows, the, I think, um, I want to say Jamie Dornan and uh, uh, Priyanka Chopra. Let me say, let me see if I'm right. Uh, Richard Madden, it's a white guy, and Priyanka Chopra, <laughs> and uh, and show, and then the show Jay Z Jones and the Six, which is apparently very good. I have no uh, interest in watching because there's no people of color in it. Uh, insiders complain that there's still no vision for what Amazon for an Amazon Prime show is, uh, but Chief 
Jen Salk says they're missing the point. Quote, you don't uh, reserve, reverse engineer true creative vision. Now, there was a point a couple years ago when Jeff Bezos said that specifically they want Amazon to have their own Game of Thrones. And that was supposed to be the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. And not I don't think a lot of people even finish that show, uh, even though they're bringing it back. And I mean, it's fine. Um, uh, and and you know, I watch it at some point. But I, I do believe that them taking like huge, massive swings, shows like Good Omens, uh, Citadel, uh, which is which is Citadel supposed to have a worldwide appeal. Uh, what else? Um, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, movies like Auto Wing and a Prayer, producing movies like Air, uh, the the Nike movie, the Jack Ryan show, Swarm, like they the League of, League of Their Own, which is for some reason coming back for a shortened second season. I don't I don't watch that show, but I don't understand why. It's based on a property. People really liked it. Why are you bringing it back for four episodes? Bring it back for a full season. Don't cancel shows like that. But them taking these huge swings, uh, its I don't think it's really working out for them in terms of uh, uh, people wanting to continue to make things for the Amazon Prime service. Now, of course, I'll make anything for them if they want, but whatever. Uh, Ring of, the Rings of Power, for instance, had a 37% domestic completion rate, which means people who watch the entire series, 37%. I, I don't know if that's, uh, overseas it was 45%. A 50% completion rate written here says, uh, would be a solid but not spectacular result according to insiders. Uh, I don't know if uh, if that, you know, if Stranger Things is something that, like that's something that Netflix releases or, uh, if that's something that Apple does or Disney Plus or whatever, I. It, but to to me, it seems as though it seems as they're they're trying to push something that's not exactly there. Uh, and you know, I think I think having I think there needs to be a balance between both types of shows. There needs to be. Uh, a show that can be a blockbuster, a show that can be something that uh, with a cult following, and uh, you know, if you as 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 big of a chance you take on Lord of the Rings, you should probably do the same thing for for uh, shows like I'm, I'm just going to say Swarm because Swarm is a smaller show, even though it's made by Donald Glover and stars um, Dominique Fishback. Uh, again, I've never watched these shows. I'm just I'm just I can just pull this out of the top of my head. According to Salk. Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power has worked. This desire to paint the show as anything less than a success is not reflective of any conversation I'm having internally. That's a, uh, there's a second season with more dramatic story turns. It's a huge opportunity for us. The first season required a lot of setting up. There is a, a lot of people within the company who are, uh, uh, let's see, who think that Amazon Studios is very confusing and a not not a very uh, uh, not a good place with its head on straight? That like Amazon just recently purchased MGM last year for eight point five billion, and uh, there's there's no reason right like see right now I I believe the idea with all that MGM stuff is to just uh, reboot a lot of series that MGM has so. That would include things like Legally Blonde. That would include, uh, I don't know, whatever MGM has on its roster, they could easily reboot and redo. Uh, and and maybe that's going to be the thing that that's going to bolster up the service. You know, Amazon Prime Video, 
does a great thing of they they have a, a great studio section in that they know what to produce they have air they have uh other they have other movies that have been nominated for oscars and awards and everything and have stood out above netflix movies and above uh warner bros movies and everything but i it just doesn't it seems like they want to have it's the 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 mission statement is disjointed and it feels like it doesn't make sense. If you hear any noise, I have the balcony door open so Nova can go in and out as she pleases. It's chilly, uh, but I do what I can. <laughs> the question that makes many in Hollywood nervous is whether the Amazon Studios overlords in Seattle believe they're getting enough bang for their mega bucks. Amazon's the last of the few studios that hasn't done any belt tightening um, as of as of late. We know that Warner is kind of it's kind of turning to Amazon's point and doing and t- trying to take uh, these giant safe blockbuster swings uh, and not really worrying or doing the things that they that that Warner excuse me Warner Bros Discovery that that old Warner Brothers used to do. Uh, like Apple, Amazon is not a traditional entertainment company, but a huge retailer with a side hustle in Hollywood. And the thing I think about Apple is that they produce less. Uh, it's it feels like they kind of have a rhythm with output because I'm you're getting a new like one new episode of a show every week, uh, or or like two episodes of two different shows every week. Um, and and it feels like there's a little bit more of a, a of, of 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 synergy over at Apple because. All of their shows are either dramatic or comedy. Sometimes there's some reality stuff and there's some sports stuff, but it's dramatic or or comedy. And and the comedies are kind of in one lane, like they're all kind of the same single camera thing. And then the the, the drama stuff is all kind of one thing. Uh, I there there needs to be a cohesion, and it just doesn't feel like there is when it comes to Prime Video. I I. Like I'll say this, Prime Video is the least watched streaming service that I still pay for. And at, at points, there are points where I'm like, okay, well, I have to watch something on Prime Video this week because I did not watch anything for a month straight. Uh, otherwise, I'm wasting money. Uh, we, I, I want to see, I really want to see what's going to happen. Uh, we'll, we'll see this, this Mr. and Mrs. Smith reboot with uh, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge for the first time starring in a movie opposite uh, a black person. Uh, uh, which is, I, I don't think she's ever done before. Uh, even in this new Indiana Jones movie, there's not a person of color, which is ridiculous to me. Cause she, cause she rewrote the like bits and jokes for it. I don't, I don't know why. Anyway, just saying, you know, they, they want to do, uh, some type of Tomb Raider thing with, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge, uh, Tomb Raider series. I just want to see, I want to see what's going to happen. I want to see what, Amazon and Jennifer uh, Jen Salk uh, can do. I don't know if her full name is Jennifer, but Ms. Salk can do in terms of uh, 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 pushing pushing what what Amazon is is capable of. If Apple can set aside a billion dollars for for content, then why can't Prime do the same thing, or Amazon do the same thing rather? All right, let's move on to the next thing. This comes from The Verge. 
written by Ariel Shapiro. Spotify shows how the live audio boom has gone bust. Now, if you don't know this, Spotify Live shut down a couple of weeks ago, and they are essentially not doing live things anymore. Now, I'll tell you this, Netflix is, we'll, we'll get into this in the next episode, but Netflix's Love is Blind uh, reunion was not very good because the streaming, the, it, was, it was supposed to be live. It was their second live event after the Chris Rock thing, and just things went awry, and I'm sure that we'll get some type of explanation. I'm, I'm kidding. I don't think we're getting any, any explanation at all. But Spotify Live is now done. Now, you'll know shows like uh, the Doughboys had a, a live show where they could talk to their fans as they listen live and talk about snack. It was like the Doughboys snack pack, and they openly crapped on Spotify Live because the app was not good. The app is crap. If, if you listen to Doughboys, that's a reference. Uh, the app is not very good and it was it was so what it was is like for spotify live is you have to download a separate app uh you have to you listen to people to the host of the show just on the the most poorly done mic because you have to lose your phone your your laptop or whatever you're using but it is just like a very bad mic and and the audio's poor and then when people you can raise your hand to talk and if they want to bring in people then then the people can come in but oftentimes it just didn't work and it just didn't sound very good and it was just a waste of time uh, the Spotify Live app still has a handful of chat rooms going. Users can uh, get a notification that said that the service is going to go away at the end of the month. Spotify is calling this a, a period of experimentation and learnings. Uh, and I think that just means that they just didn't do it. Um, this was the Spotify Live stemmed and, and Twitter, I think Spaces is what it was called. And um, and just like other, other live audio apps stemmed from uh, Clubhouse in spring of 2020, which was only buoyed because of the pandemic, which was another a live uh, chat thing that was had a, a valuation of four billion dollars and people just wanted to use it because it was a thing where you could like talk live and everything and I remember like oh my gosh that being the biggest thing and and that, and it was invite only and that was really hampering it and I think it still is uh, since then the number of monthly active users on uh, clubhouse has dropped by 82 percent according to data from a sensor tower, which is so friggin' stupid. Uh, Reddit shut down Reddit talk. Uh, Spotify built its live product by acquiring Betty Labs in 2021 for more than $60 million. Imagine, like, this This just happened with Parler, too, which was that right-wing uh, social network, the alternative to Twitter, the alt-Twitter. Uh, the alt-Twitter-tiff. Um they uh, 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 the the company that bought Parler last week said it was going to shut down because shut down the site because it was uh, there's no reason for it for a right wing you know a social media thing to I think their words were like something along the lines of there's no reason for this to exist and uh, they're going to be spreading hate and prejudice and stuff like that like imagine buying a company just to shut it down it's like it's like like buying a horrible company that people did not like just to shut it down and but that's what Spotify did with Betty Labs uh, I don't know if the company was horrible but they they bought them to use their technology because this this whole live audio thing was hot and then boom we're done uh, what remains of the live audio ecosystem aside from uh, Clubhouse is Twitter and Amazon's AMP. Twitter spaces emerged around the same time. 
uh, as a platform, Twitter made the most sense for topical conversations, and it was well on its way to building spaces into a comprehensive audio product, complete with playlist mixing podcasts with chat rooms. Then Elon Musk took over. The podcasts were thrown out, and most of the Spaces teams were laid off. It may not go away, but Spaces is clearly not the priority. While the company tries to salvage the situation, Amazon, despite uh, excuse me, AMP, despite its layoffs, could prove to be uh, more interesting. Though it does have chat shows, it is billed as a quote live radio app where would be DJs can curate their own music stations and utilize these kinds of social features that came out of the live audio boom. Do people, are people still really clamoring for this though? Because if I wanted a live radio aspect, I I would rather just call into a Sirius XM station. I would rather call into a podcast, if anything. I like it just, a, a chat room type deal doesn't really work in today's age, especially when you have things like Discord, especially when you can just, you know, go to Reddit or Twitter and type up whatever racist thing you want to say and put it out there. Hey, Reddit's not a racist platform. It is. Uh, and, and it just, and a lot of these things just don't seem to make sense in the long run. Someone's using the hose outside. Okay. This next thing comes from the Wall Street Journal. Who owns SpongeBob? AI Shakes Hollywood's Creative Foundation, written by Jessica Tunkel and Sarah Kraus. Okay. People have been uh, utilizing ChatGPT and Dolly and AI tools and like that for the past couple of months, uh, and, and it's really been um, rocking the entertainment industry. There are musical artists who uh, don't want the technology implemented at in any at any juncture at all. Same thing for writers. Same thing for uh, just people in the creative fields at all. They don't want they, they don't want their works to be. Uh, 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 improved upon what was the thing i'm thinking of not improved upon um to be uh referenced at all from these uh dolly and, and all these other ai tools because that they because people could just take it and and use it for their own for their gain as, as stealing from the artists um writers don't want them don't want writers to be replaced on tv shows and movies because uh someone could just type in write a script for you know uh, a new episode of uh, uh mad men uh, set 20 years into the future or something along those lines uh it's uh, these ai tools are 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 gonna be kind of uh, dangerous and we have to keep an eye on them in the long run uh and it's just something that uh, you really have to i think get ahead of uh in february Excuse me. The courts are in early stages of testing how copyright law applies to AI models and the work they generate in February. Getty Images sued Stability AI, the company that creates images based on text queries. The suit alleges that Stability AI used more than 12 million photographs from Getty's catalogs without permission to build its image generation generating software. Stability AI said it doesn't comment on pending litigation. And you know, people people when they when when photographers shoot something and and for Getty and and they they get paid and Getty gets paid because you're licensing out that copyright for that photo or what have you, uh, or or someone uh, makes a beat for uh, a website that sells beats and then that person gets a cut and then the website gets a cut. You don't want these things to be stolen and uh, and, and it, it's all getting kind of muddy and murky uh, until. The, the United States really until laws and regulations are passed for copyright that are that cover AI because right now it's uh, it doesn't it doesn't really work like that. 
The U.S. Copyright Office said in March that it studied uh, started studying raise issues raised by generative AI. Okay, they, this sentence is wrong. Raised by AI generative technologies, including though the use of copyrighted materials to train AI models. In February, the office amended a copyright it had previously granted for a comic book after officials learned that images in the work were made with the help of Midjourney, the text-to-image AI tool, and weren't, quote, the product of human authorship. Yeah, Hollywood's definitely going to be looking at this, and uh, they're they're going to be they're going to be on their toes. It's uh, you you wouldn't want like a Netflix executive trying to like going and saying, hey. Uh, type me do it give me murder mystery three you don't you don't want somebody to uh to put your favorite actor morgan freeman inside of uh a movie that he did not act in and he did not voice do the voice for it's you want to you want to you want these things to be fair and you want people to get paid um and we we definitely need to have some type of regulation for this because uh, the sooner we have regulation the more clear it's going to get in the long run and finally, this one comes from NPR, written by David Folkenfilk. NPR quits Twitter after being falsely labeled as state-affiliated media. Alongside NPR quitting, PBS uh, quit as well. Uh, now, the problem is that NPR, with its 52 uh, Twitter official Twitter feeds, has been labeled the complete wrong thing. This, if you don't know, uh, Elon Musk started, um, he introduced uh, uh, subscriptions for the blue checks and people don't want to pay that. Well, media companies don't want to pay that. Celebrities don't want to pay that for like, you know, $8 a month just to keep their, the thing that they already had before. Uh, and, and now what's, what's more is that, um, news companies, new news organizations like BBC and NPR are, are being sub labeled under things, uh, for people to, you know, to be able to uh, differentiate them from from other products. Um, NPR was labeled state-affiliated media, which is not good, which is saying that the government is funding its news and it's saying that it's not truthful or honest or and you can't, and they're essentially not trustworthy. Whereas BBC, I believe, was uh, funded, uh, was, uh, was labeled something else, um, such as, um, uh, oh, Jesus, let's see, BBC, Twitter, I believe BBC's Twitter was labeled as publicly funded media. So NPR is publicly funded. You give donations to NPR. You give donations to PBS. Uh, but if they're saying it's state funded, which is partially true, a lot of while while the while the government does give money to NPR and PBS and, and things of that nature, uh, their donations and their and they, they kind of have to for the FCC and regulations and all that stuff. Um, but there's also there a large part of the NPR and PBS business because they're two separate companies uh, are the donations from again you hear all the time from viewers like you which is thank you uh, which is which is very important to note now BBC being labeled publicly funded media is uh, the is the opposite of what is what NPR should be labeled and PBS should be labeled uh, so now they're they're so NPR with with again with this 52 official feeds is saying hey we're we're going to get we're getting out of this because there's no reason to be on twitter if 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 we're not going to be treated correctly uh musk musk was uh, uh tweeted out you know defund npr and and things of that nature and he's just passing along misinformation um and it's important to note that if if we can if if twitter 
which by all means is, is, is a website that I dislike. Um, but if Twitter is, is going down this, this continued hole, rabbit hole of, um, of garbage, quite frankly, and, and misinformation, uh, it is the it is the one of the single business news aggregate business excuse me one of the single biggest news aggregates in the world it, that with it also being a social a social media network now uh, with this continued kind of uh, lack of oversight like real oversight there with with companies like CNN and, and NPR and, and and BBC and just just pulling out of there. Um, there's going to be a lot of misinformation spread and, and you're going to have a lot of, uh, of, of just bad people out there doing bad things and talking about bad things. So we shouldn't want this. We, we, there needs to be some sort of reconciliation between the Twitter, the company and NPR, the company. But right now, NPR is dumping Twitter and so is PBS. And I, I'm, I eagerly wait to see if other news organizations do the same thing. New York Times. Oh, New York Times, they lost their blue check because they're not going to pay. Uh, USA Today and BBC have apparently paid for their checks. Which I'm looking at right now on Twitter. But New York Times' uh, Twitter check is gone. They shouldn't pay. Bill Gates paid. I mean, but Why? Anyway, that's it. Listen, if you like what you heard here, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where we've got other podcasts. We've got uh, Late Night Lately, the Late Late Night Show show, which is the show where I talk about late night stuff. And uh, we're counting down to uh, Corden's final episode. So we'll be back this week with a brand new episode. I took two weeks off because I had to... Uh, you can also listen to LinkedIn Logs, which is a show where I try to become a LinkedIn influencer. And it's a fun show. Definitely listen to me. And if you got a job, hire me, baby. If you want to see a video version of all those shows and all these podcasts, head to youtube.com slash people's comedy where you can see me sitting in my Peloton shirt waiting to hear back from you, baby. You can also watch uh, News Time, which is our daily show type show, except it's way less funny. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at C Comedy. Follow me on those platforms at Chad Black White. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends about it. And uh, thank you for listening. And maybe I will see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>